This is Everyday Driver, where we know cars are expensive and necessary and have to do a world of things. But we also believe they should be fun. Whatever you need and can't afford, we're here to help you find the right car. We're your car friends, your car therapists, and sometimes the bad influence you need. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Eight hundred podcasts. That's a lot. It's a lot of podcasts. Thank you guys so yeah. much for joining Welcome. us live. This is always very, very fun. And in case you don't remember, because we get ourselves confused, the way we do this is we do a podcast twice a week. In case you didn't know, Paul, we do a podcast we twice do? a week. Yeah, we do. Great. Uh, they release on Tuesdays and Fridays, and it's an audio-only podcast. We are not traditionally a live podcast. However, at the 25 intervals, the 100, the 25, the 50, the 75, and the next 100, we do these. This is the live stream. We take all questions from you guys. We don't come in with a topic. It gets nuts. At the 50 interval, it's all questions, not cars. This should be mostly cars. <laughs> I hope but, it's all cars. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, in the comments and watching from the air, Chance, that's cool. Chance is busy flying back from a gig he had actually photographing uh, a race. So he is in yeah, the air was, as we speak. He's with a race team. We are here uh, talking about hopefully cars. Uh, that's good. You actually had a, a question already, but we also have a few announcements. We should probably cover those. Yeah, let's start with Blipshift. Uh, Mandy Combs, we give all credit to her. Mm -hmm. You might have noticed that when we drive a video she has coordinated that shirt that comes out you saw the elantra n or the it's wrx it's great stuff and the 300z shirt is out you might have seen that but there's also a few that are coming in the pipeline f1 cars the lines drawing era I believe that's uh one that was already out and that's coming back the killer croc which is my cayman gts and also <laughs> uh oh look nor dreamer so it's similar to this shirt over here with coda but it's the uh, the Nordschleife. Yeah, it's really cool. And we'll have to bring the shirt that I'm wearing back at some point because it's, I, it's like Coda sliced into chunks of meat. I keep looking. Seriously, I didn't buy one of those when they were out it's the like last time. And that meat. was a mistake. Because every time <laughs> we'll I see you back. wear that, I keep looking at it and being like, that's got layers to it. There's really it's, subtle. It's it just looks like a barbecue shirt. Up. It's like really, really The cool. choice yeah. cuts of the track. It's great. I, I think it's awesome. So that yeah. is happening. Other things going on. I want to tell you guys ahead of time, we've got some dates connected to this. I am going to sell the 300ZX. My son and my wife separately asked me this week. My wife for a, when are we getting that money? My son for a, is it really going away? There was two oh separate gosh. conversations. She yes. was like, you know, they're, budgetary wise, that car does need to go. Are you really right. selling it? Because if so, let me plan. That, totally buddy, appropriate. Yeah. This, is, this is life. My son, like, um, can we keep it maybe? And I was like, buddy, that's just not, I mean, budgets are a real <laughs> thing. So that is happening. Made but out here, of here's money, what's yeah. going to go on. Be a patron this month. Sign up as a patron this month in the month of May because June 1st and 2nd, it is going to be an auction completely contained on our Discord. We're going to have a part of our Discord that is going to be a very casual and yet serious auction of my car. I will answer questions and that kind of stuff. That is a Thursday, Friday, right before we go to Germany. So somebody by the Jeez. evening of June the 2nd will have bought that car unless... Nobody hits my base price, which I think is twenty grand. So come on, somebody's going to give me twenty oh, grand for that car. So oh man, people that's, can fight that's over a it. Steal, feel man. free. Oh. So as long as we hit my base and we go up from there, if nobody shows up at the base, then I'll take the car elsewhere. But I'm hoping sure. that it goes directly to you guys that watch and support our show. Somebody will want to buy it. So that is going to happen. So sign up as a patron so you can get on the Discord. It'll be contained to Discord. That is coming soon. 
the folks on Discord have a lot of fun. Everybody on our, who <laughs> yes. are, who's our patrons, yes. uh, our patrons, there's a lot of fun. There's a lot of conversations that go on constantly. So please join. And yes, you'll get access to bidding on Todd's Z car. I can't believe you're getting rid of it. But of course, I yeah. can't believe that I went and bought a 928 and then you sighed and bought a 300ZX yeah. and then here, here we are. So yeah. Yeah, it's it's going away. But uh, guys, welcome back to the 800 live stream. I'm going to start us out with a question from patron Rich C. Okay, good, good, good. He is asking about types and trends that we see across all the car debate <laughs> submissions that we get I from like you guys. This. He says a few that he's noticed are examples of what he's getting at, but we do have more than these. He named four categories so far. The person that's always wanted a 911 and Corvette who writes in wanting a practical sports car, lists 10 <laughs> options. None of them are 911s or Corvettes. Yes. The second category is the Honda Fit or the 500, uh, Fiat 500, Fiesta sure. ST. Yeah, yeah. The owner who loves everything about their car but feels like they should want more, more car. Something they'll actually use to have the driving experiences they feel like they're currently missing out on. And then uh, the person upgrading from a 250,000 mile Eclipse, but won't consider the 300 brake horsepower option because it would be slower than that 350 brake horsepower rival. Sure. Uh, yeah. Right. And then, uh, yeah, the, the cool car, the person that they're trying to keep their car nice, wants advice on a more expensive and precious car. And, you know, that they want to drive that car and experiences, but they're, they're held back by the mm -hmm. fact that it's too precious. Well, yeah, there's other categories too. There's lots of Miata questions too, or Miata versus GR86. Yes, yes, yes. Kinds of questions. These are good, Rich, and the, you're my, absolutely right. My favorite of the group that we will always, hopefully we will always remember to stop and rewind the car debate when it happens, and that is the person that, that somewhere in the email says, I've always wanted blank and then proceeds for the rest of the email to never talk about that car again. <laughs> and we try really hard to stop and rewind and be like, give yourself permission to get that thing you've always wanted. Yeah, one of the main things that we're looking for is somebody that wants validation, which mm -hmm. they might offer totally. two choices, but we try to get them to expand their horizons, having driven many things. Hey, we have our own biases. We have our own things that sure. we like, yeah, but yeah. we try to get that person thinking, you know, more. What what else could they consider in their choices? So, those are good. And yeah, we're we're seeing continue a lot of trends. But uh, really appreciate your question, Rich. I'm going to start with uh, William here on the YouTube questions. He says, "Car question, which is good. You're in the right place. GR86 is roughly thirty grand, thirty thirty five k. Okay, please mm -hmm. don't pay mm -hmm. markup. You could also get a used." Corvette base C7 for that money, or you can the first if you're lucky. For Thirty grand, Thir thirty-five to forty. Of oh, last time I looked, yeah, they're base. they're right in that wow. area. Okay. Or the first when they first introduced the M2, the N55, like the first year M2 before they made it the Comp, which was actually different engine. Anyway, he said, so how for the same money do these stack up for fun, William? It really depends on how much you're going to get to use them. I would not say a used C7 base unless you can get Z51 for that money. Don't get it without the Z51 package. It is definitely worth it for suspension. The M2 is very, very fun. It is, it is as close to the 1M as most people are going to be able to afford and buy. The problem is it is heavier and a little bit less involving than the GR86, but it is more usable and more powerful. So if you want a car that you can really like stretch its legs and get everything out of, it's GR86. If you want something that is more kind of all life friendly, the M2 has more power, more backseat space. Mm -hmm. It's a more livable car by far and still really, really fun. The C7 is great. Make sure it's got Z51. Most people 
that's going to be more power than they know what to do with most people mm. depends yeah. on how you're going to yeah. use it but I, if it was just if you're just saying to me how can i just have the most possible fun it's it's that slow car fast thing the gr86 is something that I, it's one of those cars i floorboarded it everywhere <laughs> everywhere <laughs> on All track right? and, and to our, the store but, but yeah. the c8 that we yeah. just got i was driving that this evening the c8 that we just got you gotta like decide this i mean I, hang on i gotta take a minute look around 500 horsepower, can I can I put that down right now? Or do you know, wait a minute. The GR86 <laughs> is like, I'm in traffic, I'm not in traffic, there's pedestrians, doesn't matter, just power. Big shout out to MK who is listening and watching from Japan. That's cool. yeah. Thank you very much for joining us, really appreciate it. Uh, he works today and it's resting time right now, so he is with us. There's a question up here from Kaya Arby who saw our Honda CRV review. Yes, Honda is back on track. I He hopes the next uh, Acura RDX is going to be spectacular. Acura needs a hybrid performance RDX. Yes, I agree, but I'm actually really encouraged with that new CRV. If you haven't seen that on this channel, we were very encouraged because I didn't like the last generation and we've had comments from people who own them and say, I own that generation, it's great, and I disagree. And <laughs> We didn't do an actual on-camera review of the last CRV hybrid, the prior gen CRV hybrid that we got. We didn't do a review because Paul disliked it so much. I was like, this is gonna be such a one-note review, we can't take it out. So we were glad that the next one was good. <laughs> one-note like, dang, it, I hate this thing. Uh, seriously, it was Arr. all bad. Uh, Benjamin's asking, uh, hang on, is it Benjamin's asking? Yes, I think he is. Yes, he's asking about the Colorado trip. You have this week to sign up. If memory serves, it's the end of this week when registration closes for that trip. We have a few spaces left, but look into it mm -hmm. right now. He said, is it family friendly? Yes, it is. It is designed to be spouse friendly. You're thinking about bringing your wife and two girls. You're gonna have to connect with uh, Mandy through the registration system to find out how the pricing works for you to bring a full family full of people. It is very possible. There's nothing that's not family friendly about it. One of the things that's cool about it is we have a, a really cool overnight, a great place, night one. Then we have a good, easy, straightforward, very cool drive day, uh, the first full day. And then the next two nights we're in the same place. So if the, some of the family members don't want to go on the drive, like possibly my wife, they can stay and tell you ride and have a great time and we'll be back. So there's a lot of flexibility there. So definitely look into it. Jorge asks us to give our best sales pitch on why you should buy an Integra Type S over the Type R, the Civic Type R, as the ultimate do-it-all small family car under $60,000. I will say probably because of availability. I know it's mm. going to be in huge demand, but the Type R is so difficult to get a hold of for a good price, for MSRP, for something that sure, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, we think about a $60,000 Civic and we recoil in horror, but As we should. you get a little bit more horsepower. We have not driven it yet. Actually, at this point, nobody has, but I like this styling actually a little bit better. I really like it. It, it just seems like another step towards it looks like adulthood, but it, it still has the bones of that Civic Type R goodness under there. Mm -hmm. So it's a yeah. little bit more invisible, whereas the Civic Type R is turns heads. Honda enthusiasts, when we were driving that car, Honda enthusiasts would break their necks trying to look yeah, at us would. and yeah, they, they know exactly what it is. I think the Type S will fly a little bit more under, under the radar if that's what you're looking for from a family car standpoint. It's it's the nicer car. It's the little bit more family friendly car. Yeah. It's got more content. You're gonna have heated seats, things that don't come in the Type R, but the flip side is it's not as aggressive and focused, but that might be better as a daily. Also, we offer low, low financing rates, so <laughs> you should buy from us. No, not really. we don't have one. I wish. We aren't getting Can one. I? Very funny. <laughs> 
Let's see. Shadow Sniper has written in before of all the old air-cooled VWs. Which would we take and why? Mm. Shadow Sniper is a fan of the Gia and the Type 3 Squareback. Interesting. Helped his okay. dad pick up a 73 Beetle a few months ago, and it's a riot. A buddy of mine in high school had a Baja Bug, and it, was, it had the Stinger tailpipe, and it was all just it was really great condition and had a colorful paint job and that gas pedal that looked like a cartoon foot so that everything <laughs> about it was just cool. that existed remember that, was that such a 60s 70s thing you get in and the pedals it was feet it was a huge yes, it was I remember, just the gas totally pedal remember. was that right foot with you could get them with all three toes, yeah uh-huh. and, oh, and God, i just ridiculous. it made a big impression so i'd probably get like a baja bug or something like that but i do agree the square backs and the notch backs those are rare. I've seen really nice notchbacks. I think I saw one up at the shop in Seattle that was great looking. It turned my head and sort of like, oh yeah, that's a that's a different choice. But you just like old Porsches, you gotta love how they don't handle or they're not fast or <laughs> you know, same kind of a deal. You've got to love them for what they do well. Hey, yeah, but for they're, sure. They're cool. I do like the design. Uh, Ryan is asking how my wife is enjoying the new Cayenne. Of course, we told her the old Cayenne. What is funny to me is I am driving the old Cayenne now more than any of us. And uh, more than I have in years because, you know, I take the dogs or the bike or the whatever right. I take the old Cayenne. So there's that. She is driving <laughs> the, old the new Cayenne. one. She is actually loving it. We are averaging about 30 miles to the gallon. The farm truck. Exactly. Because we're doing a lot of stuff on e, on e only. So that actually right, works right. really, really well. It has taken her some real getting used to because of that hybrid drivetrain. The, the old Cayenne was a V6 and a six-speed. So based on the gearing and the fact that the minute you put your foot in it, there was there was nothing between the fact that you were giving a gas gasoline motor gas and asking the wheels to move. It has an initial jump that's a little bit better than the new Cayenne. The new Cayenne, it's you're coming out of EV. We're stopping, you know, the the regen. It's just off we go. It it, it takes an extra beat. If you get your foot in the new Cayenne, it is significantly faster than the old one. She has come to accept that. Also, after I... Accept it. Embrace oh yes. it. Oh, yeah, big time. Uh, after I uh, punctured a tire on a nasty pothole yeah. in the first week of having it at home, she was really spooked until the winter snow melted and the potholes got fixed. That's happened. Uh, we've gotten past that as well. All of that to say, it wasn't love at first sight, but after a couple of weeks of driving it and if we got out of winter, she's really thrilled with it now. Have you noticed how badly the potholes have been repaired? They're terrible. Oh, yeah. They, 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 it, was, it was the fast version, and then it's going to be summer build yeah, season, and we're going to have awesome. half our rows closed. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's awesome. John Caterify would like to see a video where I teach everyone how to properly wash a car. <laughs> you did that, yeah. Yes, Colin, uh, there's already a video about it. It is called the One Bucket Method. It is Highly controversial, but uh, <laughs> I did wash the GTS. That was actually a couple years ago. I can't believe it. And uh, car needs a wash. But the Cayman did get service. It got new PDK f uh, fluid and filter and spark plugs and oil change and a new battery. And it is feeling fresh and ready to go. So I can't wait to drive that. But on the other hand, I have a Corvette now. We have a Corvette to it's, drive. It's crazy. It really Yikes. is nuts. Yeah, for sure. I, I clean things only with the uh, the foam cannon now. You love the foam cannon. Yeah, I am I am thrilled by that. Yeah. I don't even touch the car unless I'm drying it, it and it, they all should look better than ever. So thanks to Grios for making good products there because I don't know what I'm doing. And the car's <laughs> like, Paul, Paul will be like, that car looks great. I'm like, that's not that's an accident. That's like I didn't do minutes. anything good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I had the world's fastest west. Before we did the uh, Lotus and C8, together for our last video, I did literally a 20-minute wash on that car and it looked better than it had in a while, so that was actually really cool. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It is a new year with new products from Griot's Garage. First up is the 3-in-1 Wheel, Tire, and Mat Cleaner. This is a non-acidic formula that cuts brake dust and road grime on your OEM wheels, tires, and rubber floor mats. Then there's Water Spot Remover, which removes the above surface water spots from exterior surfaces. There's Ceramic Metal Polish. It brightens, restores, and protects common metal surfaces, and it leaves a finish like you've never seen. I use some of this stuff on the Z Exhaust. It's awesome. Then there's their Citrus All-Purpose Cleaner. When Nick was on the podcast the last time, he talked this up. You have gum in the seats. You've got melted crayons. This is the stuff that works on that. It's a concentrated, powerful, non-foaming cleaner for exteriors and interiors alike. And remember that all Griot's Garage products are 100% guaranteed, and all liquid products are made right here in the USA. And when you're ordering at griotsgarage.com, use the code EDRIVER for 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else on your order. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. Mark Cooper's always thought of a GT car as either a comfy sports car or road trip coupes. Is this accurate? Yes, it is very accurate. That's how I would describe it. It is the difference between a, uh, well, a Alpha, pardon me, an Aston Martin Vantage mm-hmm. and an Elise. The Aston okay. Martin Vantage is your GT car. The Elise is, is not. Okay, so that, that's kind of the thinking. But what happens now that we have adjustable suspension, things like the, the C8, for example, adjustable mm-hmm. suspension, you can do GT and then you can switch the car over and it feels much more like a Focus sports car because you got away from the GT feel. But most of the time, the GT cars are also bigger and heavier, which keeps them from being light sports cars. Jordan Schieffer says, what is the weirdest possible car we would like to take on the Nürburgring? No traffic, just you and the track. I want to take the van we transport everybody in. I want to do that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) With everybody in it. Sure. Hating life. But here's the thing. Hating us. Everyone would laugh at the time, and then we would check for bruises afterward. Because it would not be. Seriously, you would. We'd laugh in the moment, then it'd be done, yeah. Weird. See, this isn't like lemons. It's not like, let's have a horse head out of the top of a Scirocco or something No, no, just something inappropriate, yeah. How about... A caterum, something super duper duper lightweight, just something very different. You're sitting way back at the rear axle. I'd like something as light as possible, like an Ariel Atom or a KTM or something very, very light to really understand those corners better because every time they're different and you drive in heavy cars and you can't really feel much, you can't understand what that corner what, what it can do. There's so much possibility from all these corners mm. to do them differently. And we discovered that there is the student line and then there is the line most people do and then there's the race line and they are all different. There's also the wet dramatically. line. The wet line, of Which course, too. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. They're all different mm-hmm. and there's so much to learn constantly. So I want something that I can understand what the corners are doing all the time. Crash Test yeah. says if he has $20,000 for a used first Porsche, what is his best option? I'm going to say Boxster because the Boxsters typically are a little bit cheaper than the Caymans. If you can find a Cayman, great. But I'm going to say Boxster, ideally Boxster S, and uh, find the nicest one of those that has 
that has been run well and has good records. I'm not even worried about the mileage. Mm-hmm. I mean, ideally, you, you want to get away from the IMS era, but truthfully, with $20,000, you may be getting an IMS car. These things are fixable. Check the records. But the thing about a Boxster or a Cayman, either one of those, you're just going to enjoy it. That's the thing. You're just, I mean, it, it, and it's going to feel less precious than if you got some, some of the other Porsches. Jorge sends in a question now that we have convinced him to upgrade to the Type S over the Type R since it's no money at all. Convince why he should stretch just a little little bit farther for the do-it-all to the CT4 Blackwing. Oh, I got that for sure. Jorge, I admit that we have not driven that car. We've not reviewed it. We wanted to. We still may have a chance to. A standalone review at this point, we need to drive it against other things. Mm -hmm. And I think it might show up in as part of a a larger comparison. But they're not going to be making too many more of them. They're not going to be making it that much more. And... Is a manual transmission. Manual, here's the thing. Manual rear transmission, drive. rear wheel drive, yes. uh, four door, four seat. It's, it's like that Alpha Julia they don't make, which is the manual transmission version of the Alpha Julia Quadrifolio. It's that car. Okay. And, and the truth is, we're going to be much more likely to wind up with another front wheel drive biased hot car than another, than another rear wheel drive four seat manual with a, with a super hot engine under mm-hmm. the hood. The CT4 yeah. is much more unique. And I would bet you, in, in order of dynamic fun, even though we haven't driven all of them, I bet you it's Integra at the bottom, then, then uh, Civic Type R, then Blackwing above it. The Blackwing is going to feel bigger, but of course it is bigger. Let's see. Eric P says, what is the best looking 50s to 70s American car and why is the C2 generation Corvette Stingray? You're not wrong. That is a pretty car. But the 50s, the that late 50s, just about anything from, of course, the Cadillac, uh, the, uh, the tall tail fins. I really liked the 57 Cadillac and I also really liked the 53 Cadillac mm. more than the 59 59 is iconic and beautiful, but I the, the 53, it's just so huge and heavy. It's bigger than a, well, it's probably almost as big as a Suburban. Mm. It's so big and it just <laughs> looks so weighty and it's it's got such a distinctive style. And I guess I connect with it because my grandfather, as his first car, owned a 1936 Cadillac. Mm. And I, I've only seen one photo with him and my grandmother in front of this thing, and it was gigantic, but it looked like an SUV before SUVs even <laughs> came about. But he was a Cadillac man his whole life. I mean, from the time he was in his 20s. And so that era just has always spoken to me, just from the, that optimism of design has always been fascinating. So thanks for the question. Shadow Sniper says, have we seen Gears and Gasoline's current series? They're attempting to take K cars from Virginia to Texas. <laughs> There's a yes, I have. I'm watching because I <laughs> Ten really, really like into the trip. I'd be like, I'm done. I really, really I like those out. guys, Ben and Ben and Big Ben and Little Ben. Uh, Big Ben is on his second K car and he's blown them both up. Sorry, spoiler alert. It it, it is wow. it is honestly, I really like those guys. I love the yeah, they're awesome series. Guys. They are having a great time. There is a there is a Bucky's cameo as well, according to the clips. So I'm enjoying Bucky's. it. Uh, here's the thing. It, it had it had me looking on Soto Moto at K cars. I have to admit. Seriously, the problem is we did a K car <laughs> episode years ago. We went up to our friend Adam at Soto Moto, which is uh, which is in Seattle. And um, the problem is, I am entirely too big for these cars, and we weren't sure I was going to fit in the AutoZam, which I loved. Actually, the idea of an AutoZam and driving all that kind of thing, but I barely fit. I would consider a Cappuccino because those are really cool. Um, these are kind of the obvious choices. The AutoZam is just awesome. 
It I is just, awesome. I just don't fit. Well, your torso, you you're banging your head well, on. The, well, it has it has couldn't a, close a, the door. It, it's got the you know the gullwing yeah. door, but it's got a, a glass center and then the, the frame around it, and the frame literally came down like a halo over me, and my head was barely touching the top of the glass. Jeez. That was I don't want to be even don't even shake the car, let alone get in the wreck. Let's see when will we be heading to the northeast for any of the road trips this year? That's a question from Matthew M. We are planning two trips right now at least, and it's kind of the, well, I, I can't really say yet. We shouldn't say it. Yeah. Uh, however, the Northeast still, we, we'd still like to go that direction. The farthest we got was Philly mm-hmm. for our second road trip with the older cars, and that was quite a trek. So if we were to do that, we'd need completely different roads, a different route, and it's we'd almost need to start from Tennessee or something and kind of make the road trip that section. I'd love to do we the don't east. need to go from Park City yeah. all the way to you know full northeast. I'd like to do eastern so. seaboard, but I'd like to start out there. To your point, that'd be really really cool. Yeah, kind of. Uh, Derek is teasing point. me. He says, hypothetically speaking, how would we feel if the potential bidder, considering the 300ZX, was using it for a safari build? <laughs> you want it to go to a good home. That see, that's the key thing. I or I don't there's money. Honestly, care. I don't honestly care. Okay. I, the the thing I here's the thing I don't want. I want the person that buys my 300ZX to drive it. I don't want it to sit. Yeah. I don't want it to be in storage somewhere. It has almost ninety thousand miles on it. I've put almost I've Just put over fifteen thousand miles on it. A lot no of the problem. stuff that you that wears out between sixty and eighty has been replaced. Some by me, some by the prior owner. It's in very good mechanical shape. It's not in perfect paint shape. But I have actually decided to not fix it because there is a huge debate among owners of cars like this. Do you fix the chips in the original paint, so it says original paint, or do you, which is probably the more efficient way, do you repaint it, but then it's not the original paint? I am leaving that to the new owner because I'm not going to make the call and half the bidders don't like to decide. I don't care. So Mm -hmm. it has chips in the paint and I figure whoever buys it, if they want to fix it, great. And here's the thing, if you don't want to fix it, it is a 10 footer from 10 feet away with when it freshly cleaned, it looks spectacular. You get close, you go, oh yeah, this has got some nicks in it. Mm -hmm. So whoever wants to drive it or whoever wants to buy it, but hopefully you'll drive (laughs) it. Buy it it first. Yeah. Then Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, I hear you. D. David said, how is the Lyric compared to the EQS SUV? Have not driven the EQS SUV quite yet. But I still maintain that GM is taking a loss on the Lyric. To mm-hmm. build that mm-hmm. for everything that you get for 65 and change, almost $66,000, that's what you get. It was very impressive, far more than I ever thought. Mm-hmm. We actually saw one in LA on our recent trip, and it was a, a livery vehicle. It was like, you know, the, the private transport kind of vehicle. And we're like, wow, there, there you go. That's what they're, you know, they're supposed to be used for. And uh, I, I'm sure the EQS steps it up quite a bit because those, I think, Think you're double the price, at least at this point. Uh, Track Daily Crush from Jeremy says, uh, Audi R8 V10, pardon me, V8. I'm going to just assume it means the gated manual here because that's how you want it. The Aston (laughs) 4.7 liter V8 Vantage or the Porsche 997.2S. All from 2009, 70 to 80 grand, all available in manual. Track Daily Crush. Hmm. I think, oh man, that is hard. That's really hard, actually. I think you track the Porsche. It's going to be the most at home on the track. Um, mm, I kind of think you end up dailying the Vantage of those three because I think it's just the the more interesting. Everybody loves the Vantage. It's just the car that everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. Well, the doors However, open slightly up to avoid curbs, so yes, that's you your know, daily. That's why. However, um, I think I personally would probably do the R8 V8 
because then I would drive it year round through the snow very happily, which means sadly cool. I'm crushing the Aston, even though many people would pick the Aston. So tracking the Porsche and driving the Audi. Greg J. Witherspoon asks me, what is my favorite color in the Porsche color wheel? There's like 12,000 colors, including the paint to sample colors. So I haven't seen them all, but I actually like quite a few of them. I do like the Ruby star red, the Ruby stone red, and I like Miami blue and I like shark blue, the new one, of course, sapphire blue, mostly blues. I know you're kind of shocked at that, but I actually like a lot of the greens. I'm really lately feeling the green with the gold bronze wheels and the green interior. We saw one of those, uh, that, that color scheme, uh, it was a 308 GTS at Radwood Mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. And it was just, the cool thing about it was because it was so unexpected. A Ferrari painted that deep emerald green with the tan interior. So I do like that. But the cool thing is, I mean, there's a lot of companies that will paint your car for, you know, you just got to pay a lot of money. (laughs) You bring the cash, they'll do it. Yep. But Porsche still feels like one of the last hand-built, like I got my car. You chose your Mm -hmm, interior mm -hmm. with your custom paint color. And yeah, it costs a lot of money, but it's, it's yours. It's not just from the options list. It's that that's the one that I want. Of course, not everybody might share your taste in cars. <laughs> People may look at so it and be like, what did you do? Like, Why would you uh-huh. choose that? Yep. How, is, how is this ever going to sell? But apparently it does. So anyway, appreciate the question. G Sweeper is asking me if we're getting winter wheels and tires for the new Cayenne given the pothole incident. Yes, absolutely. The only reason we didn't this year is we bought it late enough. We figured winter was over. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> but yes, as of next winter, it will definitely have winter tires on it. No question. The water draining off the mountains from the snowmelt is insane. It's destroying earthen dams. It's just filling lakes. It's crazy now. Crash Test is asking a question, and I know my son is listening, and I kind of hate to say this because he'll listen and my wife will, a- will ask later. But what car would I buy now to hand it down to my son in five years when he starts driving? I am all ears. New car. New car. I'm assuming this is what this means. It would be an 86. I'd buy a brand new GR86 and hand it off because uh, that would be perfect. Because the other thing about it is I know how good it is and I would like driving it too. I think it would be a fantastic one. (laughs) You'd be like, son, Hmm. (laughs) yeah, I don't know. Here's the old Cayenne. Here's the old Cayenne. That's exactly how it would go. He'd be mad at me. (laughs) Yeah, he would. Are we going to Pebble Beach this year or SEMA from Matthew L. Matthew, how you doing? Really appreciate the question. We haven't actually thought that far ahead yet. (laughs) We're trying to get through June. We are out of town every other week through June. (laughs) It is crazy. I know we should be. I mean, if you're going Mm -hmm. to those two shows, you should be planning ahead with hotel Uh rooms. But uh, Pebble Beach, I mean, as much as I want to go and as cool as the overload is, we always have to weigh that against content and content creation Mm -hmm. and what if something's available. But the problem is I want to be driving everything that I see and and that's frustrating. Not, not that anybody else yeah. doesn't. I, I know yeah. that. Anyway, so not, we haven't decided yet. So we, we shall see. John Cater, uh, Caterify, I think that is what that is. I'm sorry about butchering that. He is going to visit a friend later this year and wants to take him for a good time in a fun Turo car. The, the catch is, the problem is, his friend is seven feet tall. It's pretty tall. Any recommendations? I think a 911. Yeah, 911. I've been surprised yeah. at how much space is in a 911. We had a Suburban. guy. We had a <laughs> we had a guy come on our pilgrimage trip who was either six eight or six ten. I forget how big he was. Big guy. Yeah, Ma- made you and yeah, I feel small. small. And he yeah. was okay in the 911. He laughed at some of the other cars other people had, but the 911. He was like, <laughs> I can get in there and make that work. So yeah. I would I would try that. Yeah. Let's see. Hal B says, how much does a person's first car affect their future driving style? For example, Hal's first vehicle was a racing go-kart, 
at nine years old and he's been blasting through the twisties ever since. You know, I, I don't think, I, I think it definitely influences and, and you're a perfect example, but my first car was a 77 Jeep Cherokee and it was a rust bucket and I shared it with my sister and I didn't get the chance to really start driving, I mean, real cars really until just before you and I started the show. I mean, mm -hmm. I was in Honda Accords and, mm -hmm. and other Simple stuff. Simple stuff, so was I, yeah. And we just start, started to discover tires. And I remember mm -hmm. one of the first questions I asked you when, when you let mm -hmm. me drive your first Z car. Yeah, yeah. I just said, what tires are on this? Yeah. This just seems to really stick more than yeah. I'm used to. And we started to discover yeah. performance yeah, yeah. driving. It wasn't something that I had access to mm -hmm. as a kid. I didn't grow up driving these cars. I mean, I did some go-karting, but I longed to do that. And so I think those skills can be very much learned and learned quickly, which is good. If you've got that mindset and you're willing to be taught the correct ways, I think all of those skills can easily be learned and you can get very good and understand the dynamics quickly. So, you know, when we get into an SUV of some sort, like, you know, throw out what we want out of a sports car. But then when we are in something hot, these cars were designed and engineered by people, people who are also enthusiasts and know and love good driving cars. So mm -hmm. therefore, I feel like we can bring that sort of headspace and say, Okay, upon this criteria, I'm evaluating this because you want it to perform a certain way. I disagree because of my experience in mm. other cars, or or I totally agree. You nailed it, like a 300 horsepower Civic Type R that is inexplicably good. It's really good. Yeah. David Elfring, I just want to acknowledge your your great compliment real quick. Thank you, man. You said between the reviews, features, and Discord, this is your favorite automotive channel. Buddy, thank you. I, I <laughs> Thank we, you. Really appreciate I, it. I will take any and all compliments <laughs> like that. That is that is well-received. We work very, very hard. We appreciate being anybody's uh, go-to, so thanks a lot for that. Crash Test says, no question, really appreciates the quality content that thank we you, create. Crash Test, thank you. Big shout-out to you. Thank you very much. Uh, what, oh, hang on. McNow says, what is the most boring question various people keep writing in on social media that you always ignore? Uh, I mean, I don't know that it's boring, but here, here is the hardest question. And it normally actually comes from people that aren't really car people. They find out what we do and they say, so what's your favorite car? No parameters, no perspective, mm -hmm. nothing at all. The pantheon of cars from the dawn of cars to now all prices. That is an impossible question. So if you give any kind of parameters, then it becomes so much easier. And so that is a question that I, I hate to say it, but when I meet people and I talk to them about what we do and they ask that question, I kind of duck it. Or then I follow up by saying, okay, give me something to work with. So mm -hmm. I can, because mm -hmm. that's supposed to be, what, what they're expecting, I understand what they're expecting because they aren't car people and they expect if I meet a car person, they have car number one. That this sure, is just sure. above the pantheon of all cars, but it's a huge shift. So we we do ignore that. I will also say this: we get far more uh, car debates where the answer or discussion is either GR86 or Miata than we discuss because we don't want to only discuss the GR86 and the Miata, both of which we love. So we do get a certain number of car debates where that's the only discussion point. We're like, we can't do another one right now. So we ha it's not boring. It's just we don't want to beat For you sure. guys to death on it. And look, we have you guys in mind. I think about what do we want our listeners to hear? What do I want to listen to as an automotive enthusiast? And so I'm always looking at ways to keep things fresh and look for fresh car debates, whether that's somebody coming from an experience or has a different kind of a job or a different kind of need that they need a car for. Of course, there's so many good sports cars out there that we want and want to have, and we know we'll just go have fun. But it's it'd be really easy for me to choose questions like, hey, of all the 911s, which would you really want? Of all the Caymans, which, mm. which would be your favorite? And which one should I buy? And I, I'd love to dive deep on that. But there's also, 
I want to speak to low and high ends and we want to kind of do everything in the middle. It seems crazy when we get way out there for $100,000 or more. And we've had many people write to us, guys, I have a healthy budget. Which is cool. Really fun. Which is fun. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's also almost like in design terms, the best design is almost better with a very restrictive budget. That's when the most creativity mm. comes out. If you have a blue sky budget, well, sure, we'll, we'll design this amazing thing and we'll use all these great materials and best manufacturing processes and the best marketing. It's almost easier to do that. But it's it's still hard in a way because you still have to bring something that somebody else isn't. You have to do better at that high end, but then at the very low end. So it forces us to get creative in our choices. We always want to recommend different things instead of the same things every time. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's good Lexuses, Lexi, yes. that are sevens or eights, but then mm-hmm. there's BMWs that are nines. Mm-hmm. So we don't talk about Audi TTs all the time or things sure. like that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. it, there was the question you answered earlier about Porsche colors, and my wife is screaming out chalk. Chalk is <laughs> I just uh, don't, nasty. I just don't get it. It's too she close is, to white. She is so about the color chalk. She wants a cayenne chalk. in chalk. It is so close to white. I can't handle no. it. The only, the only, one of the rare times I actually <laughs> see my wife stop and watch a car go by is a Porsche in chalk. It just gets under her skin for whatever reason. So. I don't get it. Okay, I don't either, but all right. She's probably yelling at the screen right now. Um, you know what? Here's a good one. Skylar actually says, thank you for, for the contribution, man. What was the one car we loved as a kid, but as adult, we now go, oh, gosh, why did I even like that? What, uh, I th- what was I thinking? Uh, um, I rock Camaro. I rock Camaro. Like the 80s one. The 80s I rock okay. Camaro. All right. I rock is that's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, okay. And the fire chicken and the firebird and all oh, of those. Oh, like the I just, 70s too. Wow. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. All those were so cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. They've been passed. By That's funny. Better cars. Well, I always I was, had the IROC Camaro because it I had this it. sporty car shape. And <laughs> I was utterly obsessed with the Jaguar XJ220. Yeah, and I knew before yeah. we drove it that it was a Meet Your Heroes moment that I wasn't going to like. And then we drove it. <laughs> Actually, it was like this. Sorry, it was like this. And uh, yeah, I was a little crunched and it, and it didn't drive. Here's the thing. I was, I was a little prepared for it to not drive well. And then I drove it and was, I was just, I was disappointed to have it confirmed. You could feel what they were going for. There were things about it. It was so amazing. Watch it. It's part of our uh, rad trip, our second road trip piece. Yeah. We're up to Philly. It's, it, that's a really cool thing. And I don't know that I go, what was I thinking? Because I still think it's one of the most fantastic looking cars ever, mm-hmm. but it just, mm-hmm. it doesn't work dynamically, which is too bad. <laughs> that thing weighed 3,200 pounds. It and felt like felt four. Double the weight. Yes. I yes. could uh-huh. not believe it. It was long wheelbase and it was it struggled a bit. And and they were just worth so much money, so I, I don't get it. Colin says original M two or Focus RS for spicy dad car replacing his O three Z four. You've loved that Z four too. I know you've talked about it before. Uh awesome. Uh Colin's on Discord a lot, so I really do appreciate that. Um honestly the the M2 is the better dad car of those two. Now, the Focus RS is better because you got four doors, four mm-hmm, seats. Mm-hmm. The problem with the Focus RS is that it is such an aggressive suspension setup that it, unless you are on really smooth roads, even in its soft setting, you're going to find it bounces around a lot. The M2 can calm down and just be two series BMW. But then you get it on a back road when you don't have kids in the back that might throw up and you can really throw down with that car. So I think it is the more flexible uh, dad car unless you need four doors, four seats because the M2 is going to be harder for the seats. 
Anyway, Grady says, plot twist, that uh-huh. I have been a closet Chevy enthusiast <laughs> the whole time. This is this is why we're doing the C8. The fact that when, you, when we first drove All it, the- you were like, I would get a C8. And I was like, you, and, and this was even off camera. I was yes. like, you, the Porsche guy, would get a C8? And you were like, yes, I would. And I was like, at some point, we ought to do that. We should. So here we are. We're I, doing I, it. I really wasn't entirely sure you were serious until it's now happened. Hey, yeah, for we're, sure. we're yeah. doing it. We're, we're both going to be driving the car a lot. We're going to put it against everything we can imagine because mm-hmm. that's what it should be for but <laughs> the jokes about new balance and jorts it's it will it's never everywhere. stop yeah. i realize that uh no i'm never going to cave it's just going to be but you know what i don't also want to be the guy you know i'm always pulled over like oh you got a corvette huh and speeding again yeah of course you were you know I, so uh, jordan jordan must you hurt me <laughs> must you he says he has to bring up Fast and Furious every live stream. What are our f- thoughts on Fast X being a three-part finale? We haven't discussed this yet. I was going to bring it up because I saw the trailer and we have not discussed this. Can we stop, please? Can we stop? There's money to be made. Well, and, and I hate to say this, but what is Vin Diesel going to do afterwards? What else is he going to do? Show I mean, up at F1 he, races and he smile owns, for the camera. He owns that series. He's in charge yeah, of that series. Yeah. He has more power than anybody in that series. It's all about family. But if you look at if you look at the trailer for Fast X, I'm not sure who in Hollywood isn't in it. <laughs> Except for the characters they've killed off. Everybody is it, else is in is it. Is it like Vin Diesel's Expendables franchise? But here's the other thing. If you look at the people that have been the villains, mm-hmm. okay, they're all roughly Vin Diesel sized and shaped. We're running out of those guys. <laughs> We're down to Jason Momoa, okay? But we've been through yes. The Rock. We've been through uh, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Who, who do we have left that's roughly Vin Diesel-sized and age that we can put in as a villain? I think it's time. I can't you believe this me. one is two parts. Please don't make it three. That just says to me they're finding up other other ridiculous scenes to shoot. This one, he pulls choppers out of the sky yeah. with his challenger, which I, I mean, spoiler alert, but it's in the trailer. I, I, you know, I feel like when I first saw the trailer, I think I've mentioned this before. I, I guess they still do this. When I worked in Hollywood, you could get one exception a year on one trailer that could be longer than two and a half minutes. The rest of them had to be two and a half minutes. And Universal clearly used Fast and Furious because the first trailer was like three and a half. And I swear they had at least 10 seconds of every major action sequence. And I was like, I feel like I've seen all the big blowups of the movie already. And but everyone's in it. Yeah. How long can we milk it? it Number t- nine didn't have the, did it have the Space Bureau in it? Yes. It did, in the trailer, I mean. No, it didn't. So no, that no. was a surprise. That was a surprise. Because, <sighs> yeah, thank God. That was a surprise we all needed. Oh, man. <laughs> Wearing diving helmets in space with duct tape there's, to seal there's off so the... Mu- there's so much wrong. Okay. There's so much wrong with that. Space Fiero. The, I, where, honestly, where's that blip shift shirt? Because I will buy that one. Just Space Fiero. I want to see it. We have to we make have it. We have to get it made we right there. We can get it yep. made. We have friends at blip shift, blip shift and we know Mandy. We'll make it happen. Yep. P. Donkis says, for our adventure events, now keep in mind, we're about to go to Germany. That is full. The Utah adventure is full. The Colorado adventure has a few spaces left, but that's this week only. He says, what are the pro cons for flying out and doing a Turo, renting a Turo for the trip, or the long drive there with their own car? He's debating his Volvo C30 versus renting something that doesn't make sense in Wisconsin. I, look, I remember the C30. I convinced one of my friends when they were brand new to buy one. He has loved it. He's had it for a long time. The C30 is very cool. Mm-hmm. Rent something else. Uh, just because you have an opportunity. If you were going to tell me you had some really fun sports car that doesn't get the exercise it should because of where you live, I'd be like, drive it out. But in this case, you should fly in, you should rent something cool and take it on an amazing back road and make even more. Mm, Jake asks what we think about the concept of having too much tire. Jake puts very sticky tires on his 80s car 
and it's now permanently stuck to the road. Well, sure, we, we do like the right tire, but it can also wreak a little bit of havoc, I, I think, if it's not quite right for uh, for the suspension of the car, too, because then you're sticking and the car's rolling. So, you know, got to gotta try to, to match it. But ultimately, I mean, you, you want something really, really good, really high performance for sure. Ryan, thank you, man, is asking about his MR2 Spider, which you know I like. You're not a huge fan, but I do really like it. He said, it's is that... Okay. I, my, I've described my Elise as a cul-de-sac car. There's yeah, nowhere yeah. to go after the Elise. You have to kind of leave the neighborhood and go somewhere else. He's asking if the MR2 Spider is, is like the entrance to that neighborhood. Is it on the way to where the Elise is the cul-de-sac, or is it somewhere else entirely, or is there something else in between? The thing about the MR2 Spider is you could have an MR2 Spider and decide what I like is small convertibles, and you could go along that mm-hmm, line mm-hmm. still. So it, it's, I think it's related. And yes, you can even do the engine swap and it becomes even more related. I think it is the more focused version than something like a Miata or a Z4. It is a little more hardcore and a little less nice, which is along the lines of the, of the uh, Elise. I, but I do think you can jump in that same thinking from the mm-hmm. MR2 Spider. So close, I'll give you close. You know, I was thinking about the Supra and I've never really been a huge fan of the Supra until the new generation, the 90, came out. It got smaller, it got lighter, of course the collaboration, but I like the styling better, I like how it drives, came in wheelbase, I liked everything about it, I, I still do. And I think that if Toyota were to bring back an MR2, I think that's the car I, w- I would probably really like because mm. of advances in refinement and engineering and whatever engine they choose to use. They have a three-cylinder little tiny engine yes. they could pack into bring a it. little MR2. Bring it. And bring that GRMR2. <laughs> that doesn't roll off the tongue. MR2 GR. That's, that's terrifying. No. no but I'll, but I'll still, go, I'll go I here. bet you I would love the new one. The past generations, yeah. okay, There's the recipe is there, but I didn't really love the execution. I bet you I'd love new, new MR2 one. and new Honda S2000. Yes. Both of those should exist. They absolutely should. Be and the 2001. <laughs> it should no? be the S3000 because they're going to have to put something in like that in it. But <laughs> but it would be phenomenal to have both of those. I don't see Honda doing it. I, I think there's a chance of Toyota doing it, though I don't think they currently are. Yeah. Uh, do you see this one for you here? As a Porsche enthusiast, should he buy a uh, 2023 Macan GTS that does everything, track included, or get a Cayman GTS and another family car? Ooh, depends. Mm. Uh, what? Who is that from? Uh, Kiancho, Q Q I A. Is, is there track driving involved? That's what he's saying. Track included. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think. I think you'd very quickly get tired of the Macan on track. I think you'd really appreciate the Cayman and another family vehicle. That it wouldn't have to be a Porsche if you want to allocate all your dollars towards the Cayman and then do something else for the family car, like a Honda CRV. Watch the end of the CRV review. Uh, David D or D David is the RX, the Lexus RX, the Egg, really worth it over the Venza twenty thousand dollar Venza. Uh, difference between the Venza LE and the fifty five K three fifty H. David, I'm not supposed to say this. <clears throat> oh, you get the Venza. You just get the Venza. Oh my I, gosh! The, the, the Egg. It looks better than the yeah, Egg too. Yeah. It's got the weird uh, Battlestar Galactica helmet front end now, which I guess is better than the Predator Mall. But as I've said in the review already, it feels like they're just taking all their villains from the 80s and putting them on the front of a car. The Venza does everything that RX does. It looks more interesting. It does. It's, you already talk about it. There's so much of the sim- same stuff underneath. I think the Venza is it. Let's see. Ryan S. asked me if I were commissioned to create a flagship vehicle for any company. Who would it be for and what would it be? 
that's uh, I'd like it to not be an SUV, but to be honest, the Purosang has kind of sparked imagination for me because of how because of the price. Well, the price for one for everybody, all good. But the fact that they they are they don't need to tell everybody not to call it an SUV because it's it really isn't, but it's. It's kind of in the Panamera Sport Turismo kind of realm where it's you're not sure what that is, but 6.5 liter naturally aspirated V12 and they've packed that in there and the packaging is still great and the doors are well engineered. I, I really like that. So it wouldn't be Porsche. I mean, that just, I, I'd love to do the very low end, even though you're asking flag, flagship car. I'd love to do something very tiny and lightweight, bring that 550 back and do something creative there. But I'd have to say some obscure brand, something maybe Italian because of the shapes, because of sensual, beautiful mm. form language. Is Lancia, are they doing something with Lancia? Lancia coming back? I mean, no, getting away from teasing it. four-door, dumb-looking chopped things. up a, a Ferrari and made the, the new... Uh, the new no, Stratus that was got a, it. That we did. Yeah. It would be something else for Maserati. Okay, it'd All be right. Maserati, That's and it good. would be some new flagship to sure. kind of either compete against the Purosang or kind of take the GT car and and make it like a Maserati does a GR86. Maybe mm -hmm. they have their flagship MC20, but maybe something beyond that. Maybe something crazy, stupid, but yeah, Maserati. Moose is asking a question on behalf of his MOF, Minister of Finance. Thank you for that. Uh, let's see. Favorite choices of a fuel-efficient large dog hauler. They've got two dogs. Most of the stuff that can fit big dogs aren't fuel-efficient like a Macan. Well, you need probably a Macan mm -hmm. and going up from there. Um, I'm going to say, look, the Macan doesn't come in a hybrid, but the Cayenne does. If you're willing to put dogs in the back of your Cayenne, I have to be careful about our dogs in the new Cayenne. I have to make sure the crazy one doesn't jump over the back seat because she wants to. She's like, hi, dad's up there. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, it's all bad. Don't, please stop it with your claws. So anyway, I have to keep her in the back. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. But I will say this, the, uh, the RAV4 Prime. Okay. The Rav4 Prime, it's a Toyota. It gets excellent gas mileage. You've got okay. some straight EV. They're actually, it's actually the best version of the Rav4. When we drove it, we were like, "This is awesome." I think it'd be a really good one. HD Shadow Star stopping by, saying hello. HD, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Can't wait for the road trips with the Elise and the C8. We can't either. It's going to be so <laughs> great. It's going to be so different. There's going to be complaining from both of us on in different categories, I think. I, I'm predicting now. So, Did you see that Jordan said Jason Momoa looks like an off-brand Jason Momoa in the Fast and Furious trailer? I agree with you. <laughs> he looks like he just got filmed on a bad day. And I like that guy. It just looks like it was not a good day for him, but he showed up to set anyway, hey, and they made it happen. Work is work. Work it's is a, work. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Jordan's also asking the, for a fresh new car movie. Give, give us the 15-second synopsis of a fresh new car movie. I actually wrote... Can it not wrote, be Gran Turismo? Because I, that looks... I actually wrote... Sorry, I'm, I'm copywriting it here on this podcast 800. I actually wrote a producer years ago. He was in a pitch meeting with a, he, with a film executive. And the guy said, I don't know what the movie is, but I'd just like something we can call Cars and Guns. Which, as a car guy and as a person who tries to write good scripts, both of those parts of my personality were enraged by that recommendation. But I went and did it anyway. Oh, you did? I figured out a way that you could, like, every few scenes you jumped into a different car because problems were happening. So it was a race across the country idea. You kept jumping into different cars. And, of course, there were guns involved. And so it had action scenes in multiple cars. And there, there's, a, there's a story there. 
Uh, and uh, I wrote a nice uh, premise for it and never went anywhere. But Cars and Guns, man. Is it like because the old Cannonball can Run kind of something kind of, in there? Kind of. It's like a Cannonball there? Run. There, there was a race across the country need for speed game years ago. That yeah. was the closest thing I'd encountered about it. It was actually really cool. That was kind of similar. But um, yeah, it, there's there's an opportunity. Here's the thing. The thing is, the movie title Cars and Guns is the same as your TikTok or shorts title that is, you'll never believe what happens if it's the same thing. Cars sure. and Guns just sells itself. Sure. That's, that's what it is. So then, you, yeah, if it was Cars and Guns and Girls, then we've just, yeah, that's pretty much Fast <laughs> and Furious is now. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, yeah, uh-huh, that's happened. Fast and Furious. <laughs> uh, would love to do, um, would love to do Tale of the Dragon in the Vet and the Elise. Would love to do a Tale of the Dragon movie anyway. Thank you for that recommendation. I don't think it's going to be this year. Um, but thank you for the for the thought. Also, I'm not going to call all of you out. There's been four or five, and I don't want to, to to retread it all. But I want to thank so many of you who are offering really great compliments on what we do and the channel, yeah, appreciate it. and thank the you. the community that's been built around this. And honestly, that you guys are the community. Thank you. We're just thrilled to have you with us and on Discord, and uh, we love taking you with us on these trips too. It's great. You dive into Discord, it's sort of like whoa. It's what's it's going so on awesome. here. It's so awesome. Yeah. Seriously, friends, best friends have been made there. And yes, I love that people organize trips unbeknownst to us and people have just gone on trips and get together and have events and talk about whatever and it's just sort of like this way to get it out just it's so good i gotta talk about cars and just get it out so that's that's the place to do it really appreciate it colin is asking about the tv series for paper father uh the industry is in massive turmoil right now so there's no pitching that at the moment but the only update going on on Paper Father actually yeah. is the fact that I am actually working on the audiobook. It is not going as fast as I would like. I'd love to have it about done now, but unfortunately it's not there. I will have that finished this calendar year. It is me reading it. It is an interesting challenge because I am reading it and I'm doing voices, which means I have to voice act. It's pretty cool. It's an interesting challenge. The post part of it, I'm like, that's easy. But the, re- <laughs> the reading part is like, huh, all right. So I found I can do that's like really about a chapter at a sit- sitting and then it gets a little hard for me, but I'm working on that. So that will be coming. I know many of you have asked over time that you'd rather listen to it than read it so hopefully uh, he'll show up when it's ready church of petrol says what is our favorite medium to save for cars like a savings account or cd or index funds <laughs> we just make bad choices automotively yeah. irresponsible that's really what happened yeah. to us i'm just yeah. i'm trying to think of little unexpected places where you have income that you didn't see coming for example, you have a garage sale or you sell something that's actually, you sold uh, something, a bike or something like that for a couple grand. And so now you could just put that into your checking account and it'll just disappear in, in the form of bills. Mm, yeah. Or you could really set that aside. So I, I always look at just those little unexpected places. It might be 30 bucks, it might be 400, but then when you sell something and you upgrade or you just, you know what, I don't need this stuff in my life for, whatever that is, and that'll kind of be the car fund, and you just put it aside. That's kind of my favorite way of thinking about money like that. I'm trying to catch up. Yeah, <laughs> you the, guys the are bombarded. Are in. See, it's really, it's, really good. What's like happening it. here yeah. on the questions is just like it happens on the Discord. Mm-hmm. People are just going just crazy. It's it's awesome. I really uh, appreciate Simon that. is acknowledging the fact that you at one time were considering an M2. He's wondering if that would ever circle back. Now you've gone C8, though, and there's jorts yeah. on order, so I don't think so. There are no jorts on yeah, order. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, totally kidding. Garage 79R, the Discord link comes to you when you become a patron. That is our base level of patrons. And actually, I do want to say this to all of you that are patrons. We have been behind the scenes talking about what the patron levels are going to be. We haven't been able to do anything with the middle level patron for a while, so we're actually going to restructure things. 
nothing that you currently get will go away, but we're trying to restructure things so we can actually have better things for our patrons. But all of our patrons get on the Discord channel, and mm-hmm. once you become a patron, you get the link. So that's how that connects up. Yeah, for sure. We're getting towards the end of our time here. What else did we miss? If we've missed something, we apologize. Post it back up. There's lots of good ones. I'm, I'm circling back now, but there's some really good stuff through here. Did we talk about Skylar's question about permanently deleting any car from history? Did we answer that No, yet? we didn't cover that at all. Cover that. That's Skylar great. said, if you could permanently delete any car from history Ooh. and the effect, the ripple effect that it caused as a result, mm. what car would you delete? For Skylar, it would be the RX 300. Interesting. Was mm. that your first car, Skylar? Just wondering. Did, but it's the start of the SUV members. play. Uh, yeah, that, that is That's true. what he's doing. That's the car that generated the crossover the revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. Sure. sure, I see that. Uh, I would love to delete the bug. I've never loved the Volkswagen bug. <laughs> Just think of the ripple effect. Herbie movies would not exist. I don't know that that's a loss, but there it is. <laughs> okay. We didn't lose. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I, I want to like Volkswagen Beetles, the, the first one, not the 98 redo. <laughs> None of that. It's a golf underneath. But all the Beetles, every one I ever rode in was just sort of like, Ugh. but you know what? It's hard for me to say that because 356s and early Porsches were based on components of the Beetles. So I can't really do that. And that means 356s and therefore 911s. Ooh, look what you've done. Line, you've created trauma over there I for you. I can't do that. Okay. All right. And that lightweight practically nothing at your feet, you know, lightweight feeling. That's a lot of what a 356 feels like. So I can't delete the bug as much as I don't like it. And I like 356s. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, and the carry over to the 911, it'd be killed forever. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's no good. Nathan is asking Mark 7 Golf R or Focus RS for daily driving with a couple of track days per year. Nathan, how hardcore do you want your car to be? because the Golf has the ability to just vanish. It's just became your commute car mm-hmm. and it's fast enough, but it's comfortable and it doesn't ask anything of you and it, it can it can kind of fade into the background of your life. The Focus RS will not. It is loud, it is aggressive. And, the, and honestly, I mean, look, I drive a Lotus Elise. That is can be wonderful. Will that annoy you? If, if what you need it to be is competent on the racetrack and the rest of the time just be a nice commute car. Well, mm-hmm. Golf R. Mm-hmm. If you want to feel hardcore all the time, Focus RS, and then when you get to the track, you're going to love it. Okay, I'm changing my answer to Fiat 500. Interesting. Okay. The little, all right. The little mouse, the mighty mouse. Simon is saying, "What about Bumblebee?" I could, I could get rid of Bumblebee, and therefore all the Transformers movies. We could just like <laughs> scoop those off to the side. <laughs> We're good, right? That's very funny. That's very funny. <laughs> okay. uh, oddball daily driver request, space and fitting, not a concern. Veloster N or Miata RF, all city driving. Watch our uh, daily fun car piece where we have the Veloster N versus the first Gen 86 and watch this guy change his mind three times in the last minute of 22-minute piece. Uh. But it really comes down to what you prefer. I would always say that I find lightweight rear-wheel drive more fun than even the best front-wheel drive, and the Veloster N's way up there, so I would pick me out RF of those two because I think it is more fun. It is not the more usable of the two. So what do you need? Battle Shopper says, how much of a premium would we pay for a good color on a Ooh. car? Ooh. Well, we just came across a vehicle. It is the BMW X3 2023 M40i. And the paint color, beautiful, dark, cherry red color is gorgeous. It actually really works on this. This is a test drive on this channel. It said close to two grand for the paint color on that. 
the owner's privately owned, uh, private owner here in Park City let us borrow the car. He had to wait for it and paid almost two grand just for that color mm-hmm. for the SUV. His, his wife's SUV, and he's got an M2 competition that's yep. hot rodded, and it's he's BMW guy. And so I, I definitely see it. It works. Two grand. On the other hand, if we're talking Porsche paint to sample colors, <laughs> twelve thousand is checkbook. no money at Whatever. all. Whatever. Why not? No, I mean, I, I honestly, I think two grand for a color you really like, do it. Bring I, it. I think two grand, twenty five hundred, but then the paint to sample just gets me. It's I crazy. cannot believe that there's a chance. Actually, showed me a Porsche that was a color flop, color shifting paint mm-hmm. that was close to thirty seven thousand dollars for the paint. And I think, okay, you ding it or something mm-hmm. gets nick, you need a repaint. Now what? I, okay. Yeah, I, I think a couple of grand. I, and I would carry that over into used cars. If you're looking at used cars and the color you want mm-hmm. is a couple thousand dollars more than the gray you don't want, please don't get gray. <laughs> Spend a couple extra thousand dollars. I think it's very Speaking worth it. Speaking of gray, yeah. Skyler says, imagine paying $12,000 for chalk. <laughs> Yuck. Hi, honey. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, what do you do if your dream cars are now out of reach? 356 is an air-cooled 911s. Financially, he'll never be able, this is Ben writing in, to obtain and drive these cars. Feel like I missed the boat. This is the problem with the classic 911s is, look, they were, when we did this, I'm going to scare us all right now. This June, a month from now, this was 10 years ago. We That's shot insane. this the longest day of the year that week 2023 it also was uh, almost one of the hottest weeks on record it yeah. was crazy yeah, it was how hot it was degrees. we yeah. were sweating through our clothes every day in the mountains at like 10,000 feet it was nuts super anyway, awesome yeah the, we thought they were nutty then they've only gone up since then God. okay and this car here we know a guy a friend of mine in park city and he has it and he never drives it well he rarely drives it sorry chris but rarely drives it and um he uh, he will never get rid of it because he knows it's only appreciating and it's yeah. um, his is very nice yeah so the problem is yes those have stepped up i'm going to say two things here first off uh with either Turo or driveshare or something seek out a way to drive them because mm-hmm. it is an interesting mm-hmm. driving experience it is not worth these crazy prices uh, there is a there is a 911 cult. It exists. It is a thing, and it is driving prices way beyond anything realistic. Uh, you haven't completely missed the boat because you can get an opportunity to drive one of those cars. Also, if you really really want one, keep in mind the 356s have really good replicas. Yeah, and so yeah, you could get a replica. It's not the yeah. same thing, yeah. but you could get a replica. So if that's something you wanted to go with, you could. Uh, there are a lot of 911s out there. The air-cooled ones are still going up. But honestly, if you go all the way up to the 997 second gen of the air of uh, the water-cooled, the 997 is a fantastic 911, and I don't think Porsche fans will say otherwise. I don't think the difference in enjoyment between the 997 and the air-cooled really exists. There's We're some, here to find out. There, there's some specialness <laughs> about the air-cooled. I will grant you there's some specialness <laughs> about it. But the driving experience, 997, you can get one of those. Holy moly. Yeah, I was just, as you were talking, this uh, this image over our shoulder here, the owners of this car had bought it. I remember they told me they bought this car. They named Ollie. It was a 67 mm-hmm. short wheelbase. I believe so. And they bought it not too long before we shot the car for $8,000. And then they sold it for 40000 and thought they had done great. And now and they now, go for a couple it, of hundred. Yeah. YouTube car spotter guy to answer your question, 912s, good ones are 80 grand now. That's the problem. Which is ridiculous. 
Yeah. Chance has yeah. mentioned that somebody should take a 912 and put the uh, 718 four-cylinder in that and yes. make it a rocket ship, and I love that. Also, I think 912 is a perfect perfect 911 to buy if you want to put an electric version in it. Yeah. But I think that's really good. Agreed. Hal Bullock is asking the question you're not supposed to ask, Hal. <laughs> uh, why do auto journalists complain about having to drive mid-engine cars like mid-engines, but don't complain about having to drive 911 like rear-engine cars? Um, there is an unspoken rule. I think I was sent the form and didn't sign it. Oh. You're not supposed to say anything bad about the 911 ever. Oh, you're not? That's the, that's the auto journalist rule. Oh. The 911 is the king of all things, and every automotive yeah. journalist is supposed to aspire to just buy a 911 and be done. We're all supposed to say that. We're all supposed to feel they are the greatest mm-hmm. thing ever. Uh, the 911s are very fun because if you do it right, a la Chris Harris, they are drifting masterpieces. Yeah. They're masterpieces to yeah. drift. They don't drive like anything else. But but if you have a if you have a beginning auto journalist and they don't know how to drive a nine eleven, they assume it's them. They should learn how to drive a nine eleven because everybody says they're great. If you have a beginning auto journalist who doesn't know how to drive a mid engine car, they assume it's the car. Ah. Because the nine eleven can't be spoken badly about. But yeah. why does this mid engine car not drive like a big front engine V eight? Because it's not that. Anyway. I, yeah, I still maintain that everybody talks about manual transmissions, and th- those are the best. I only buy manuals. I, I agree. I love manual transmissions. We all do. But then what about all these car companies that you are now no longer allowed to, to talk about? Ferrari, Lamborghini, McLaren, Koenigsegg, Pagani, on and on with all these companies that don't build manual transmissions anymore. Those are right out. We mm. cannot consider this. It's interesting that the big boys, the top end doesn't build sure. a manual yeah. transmission yeah. anymore. And yet, so all the manuals are for us enthusiasts. What does that mean for all the people who buy those cars? Are they not enthusiasts? I don't know. That's well, the other, uh, yeah. the, the question that everybody says, well, it's not a manual. I won't buy it. Does that mean all Ferraris you now hate? All modern sure. Ferraris? Sure. You, you wouldn't aspire to that pure saying as Interesting cool point. as that is? Interesting point. Any of the, the 296 GTB? Mm. That's a sweet looking car. No, you... you You'd turn up your nose at that. Jeremy is saying all of those companies are dead to him for that reason. I mean, here, here is the thing. Maybe. There is, there is the reality. I mean, look, I, as much as I wish that Ferrari still sold their gated manual, because I've said it before, that was their magic. It really was their magic. And when it, we've driven some, have just been like, come on, guys. It was the, the manual uh, six-speed gated to uh, Ferrari was to Ferrari mm-hmm. what the good hydraulic steering was to BMW. BMW has gone to electric power steering, and Ferrari's gone to DCTs. But yeah. but there were 2% of the people picking manuals. If you're Ferrari, uh, the, uh, the choice is obvious. You're still a or, big company or making the, money. Or the flip side is, do you money? want to spend 2% of your development budget making a new uh, six-speed transmission? And how bad is that transmission going to be if you're spending that little money to develop it? I, I hate it, but it's a reality. Anyway, that's, uh, that's a problem. Also, uh, thank you for, uh, for watching the Veloster N86 piece. I'm glad it was helpful to you. Um, <laughs> only six percent. Pardon me. Only twenty-five percent of your fleet is manual, Paul. It is. <laughs> fix it I know. when the C8 goes away. I know. I That's need to very, fix that. Very, very funny. Yes. Yes. The uh, the three hundred ZX is manual. It's going to go away. The uh, the lease was only ever manual. Both Cayennes are automatic, but the new one has an eight-speed, which is a revelation. But anyway, yeah, yeah, for sure. Guys, it is a little after eight. We are still going to cover a couple other questions before we wrap it up. But I just want to thank you again for being on with us. We actually really enjoy these live streams. They go so fast because you guys pepper us with questions so quickly. And it's so awesome to run through these. And the the, the brain tease of reading, talking, listening I know, is very, crazy. very fun. But we thoroughly enjoy it. 
Muzamil says, how do you afford a good do-it-all sports car and the insurance and the maintenance, especially <laughs> as they keep getting more and more expensive to purchase cars? One word, ramen. You don't even have to boil the noodles. You can just sprinkle the chicken flavor packet right on the on the mm. ramen brick and just like eat it, you know, cheap. There you go. Spend all your money on your sports car, right? Or you just make bad financial decisions. You have really cool looking cars and nothing in the bank. That happens too, which is terrible. Exactly. McNow is asking if the Lotus is getting upgrades. The Lotus is getting driven. That's what I'm excited about this year. I've actually got a couple little maintenance things to do, but I'm just ecstatic about that car. I, can't I bought wait to it. Drive them back to back. I bought it with the upgrades. I already cool. wanted in it. It was already track prep. That has uh, the coilovers. I mean, I love that thing. So uh, yeah, automotive irresponsibility is happening, and there will be more of it this year for sure. Keep in mind. We are doing two major road trips for sure, maybe a third this calendar year with the Lotus and the C8. We hope that you guys will show up, watch those road trips, share them with others. We know others are doing road trips. We would love to see our road trips getting lots and lots of views. We are very, very proud of them. And you guys, I will say this, those of you that have seen them have loved on them. Mm -hmm. and have given us some really nice compliments that encourage us to keep going. We enjoy the life experience of it. We love sharing these roads with you. There's some roads we want to feature this year that I cannot wait to show. I'm very, very excited. But we really hope you guys will show up for that. <laughs> also, keep in mind, we are feeding our original Everyday Driver channel about every two weeks on yeah. Thursdays. Something comes out there that is either big road trip comparison, personal car uh, update, or one of these big comparisons of cars. We have a really fun one coming this Thursday with the Prius. And I think you're going to be very surprised <laughs> by it. I think really, you're going to be very surprised. I'm really excited about this one. That's coming Thursday. And then on our test drive channel on Sundays, we are dropping brand new test drives, the two of us in the car together in a single car review. And very often we do a POV review of that the following Wednesday. So that is getting something at least every week, sometimes twice a week. The podcast is twice a week. There's a lot going on. Last two questions. First from Mark Price asking, after listening to all of the podcasts, will he have an MBA or a PhD in Everyday Driver? <laughs> it piled higher and deeper. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a PhD. And Philip M says, is the C8 Corvette going to become the Everyday Driver standard cost for season cars? Well, if you didn't hear us discuss this on Matt Ferris Smoking Tire podcast just last week, we came up with a new cryptocurrency. It is VetCoin. <laughs> Bitcoin. I am starting a new crypto, oh. and that will be the standard. There's another for shirt. That's all. the second shirt out of this podcast. Is <laughs> yes. Bitcoin? I like it. Okay, yes. good. So we're we're starting a new crypto. We're going to sponsor F1. We're kicking out crypto.com. It's going to be <laughs> Vetcoin. Can you imagine yeah. Vetcoin above no. all the F1 cars? Stop. <laughs> that, for, for, that will for be three the new... <laughs> for three races until the whole thing gets found to be a giant scam. <laughs> it will, be, it will yeah, crumble uh -huh. into dust. We'll make the news. And well, that will be the uh, the measurement stick. So guys, <laughs> uh, McNow, the Lotus already has AC. <laughs> thank thank you. you very much. It's just not that powerful, but it does have it. If I avoid hundred degree days, I'm okay. If I get a hundred degree yeah. day, I just I sweat. Uh, Eric is asking about road trips outside the U.S. Uh, we would love to. They obviously logistically cost wise are significantly higher. Yeah. We do our road trips. You would not believe. First off, it's three of us. It's the two of us and Chance. That's how we shoot those. Yeah. And I'm very, very proud of what we get having done that. We've kind of dialed that in on the last two trips, and I'm really, really pleased. They're expensive to produce, but they're far less expensive than anyone else doing them because we do them so efficiently. Once you get outside the U.S., there's a lot more logistics and cost. I would love to. I, I can tell you three or four I'd do right now if we could. But for you know, sure, it's we, we, are, we are never at a loss for ideas. That's Cash never a problem. Some vet coin and we'll go. Vet coin. Do yeah. All you guys buy vet coin. We'll go overseas and <laughs> do it. Right. Yeah. And then we'll get arrested while overseas. Hey, oh, that guy. Sure. Arrest him. But we'll yeah, make the, the guy news. with the hair. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. 
thank you guys so much for being with us. This is so much fun. Yeah, appreciate it. We are always looking forward to next time. Really, really appreciate all your patronage, your support. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.